set. Places, everybody. And action. Hi, guys. Welcome to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. So on tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about Psycho Beach Party from 2000. From the turn of the century. I... (laughs) This was another mistake. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it kind of was. (laughs) Uh, So why I suggested this movie. So it's April. And we, I was like, okay, yeah, spring break. Everything will be cool. Like we could do like a spring themed or like a beach themed um, movies for this month. And I was like, hey, let's do Psycho Beach Party because I hadn't seen it probably since it like came out. Um, this is one of like those movies that I saw on IFC late at night when I was like in middle school. When I really wasn't supposed to be watching. It seems like the appropriate channel for it. <laughs> and I've seen it a few times. But watching it this time, I was like, oh, no, baby, what is you doing? It it was, it, it wasn't. <laughs> so, Ashley, I'm going to send it to you and you kind of go over what, what this is. So, hey, guys. <laughs> I have done... Once again, done extensive research on the topic at hand. Um, So, yeah, Psycho Beach Party is a, uh, I guess, it's described as a comedy horror film. Mm -hmm. Comedy being debatable at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, so it's about uh, this girl named Florence who uh, she, it's like set in the 60s, and she wants to learn how to surf uh, and she gets in with these uh, surfer guys, and she, uh, you know, starts to learn how to surf with them, and starts to hang out with them, and she also is going through <laughs> a bout of multiple personality disorder and is experiencing blackouts. And while she's experiencing these blackouts, people are being murdered, um, and she starts to suspect that she is the one that's murdering people. There is an investigator named Monica Stark. And, you know, there's some an array of cast of characters that um, sort of make this into, like, a kind of a parody into, like, uh, like Hitchcockian kind of psychodramas and mm-hmm. beach movies and, like, slasher films. Like, there's a lot that goes into the genre. So, like, when I was looking up stuff about the movie because it's so old and, you know, I don't really... It's kind of like a, I guess, like a cult classic or maybe just like a culty kind of movie. There's a couple things that come up, came up. So, like, Florence's character, she also goes by Chicklet. Um, she goes on... She's kind of based on this fictional character called Gidget from, like, the 50s. It's like this book series about this girl who... Um, she wants to be a surfer and it's considered like a boys only sport. And so she, I guess it is kind of like a look at like surfer culture, which is like a brand new kind of thing. Like as like a part of popular American culture. And then in the sixties, they, um, a studio created this movie called beach party. <laughs> and that set off like this whole sort of genre oh, wow. of film. 
And they're kind of like, you know, they're very silly. It's mostly about the teens. <laughs> so it's like surfing and dancing. And, you know, it's very like simple. Um, and like the adults are all um, either very like villainous or like comic relief. Like they're not really like involved <laughs> as much as like uh, in the kids' lives as, you know, and I guess in a normal sort of real life families uh, situation. But uh, this whole genre is like, it was very like short lived, but the, the, um, the director, actually, no, the writer of Psycho Beach Party uh, named Charles Bush, he actually uh, did a play way back in the 80s. And he kind of took all these, <laughs> these pieces from all these movies. And he, there's a lot of references in this movie and uh, created this play. And he actually played uh, Florence. So the character originally was in drag. And then when they made the movie, they got Lauren Ambrose from Six Feet Under, if anybody's familiar. Um, but Charles Bush actually is in the movie as Monica Stark, which you can tell this is a lady in, like, it's a man in drag. But yeah, I will say this. I remember watching this movie randomly and I think it's around the time I was like really big into Six Feet Under because they were doing like a, a whole run through of the series on like Bravo or something oh. I got really yeah, I got really into it again like not really appropriate for me to be watching at like 14 or 15 I think um and so I remember this movie coming on and recognizing uh Lauren Ambrose because she plays um a character in Six Feet Under I cannot remember her name and I remember liking this movie, but then I watched it like last night and I could not figure out what I liked about it. <laughs> I, I can't remember what I liked about it like at all. <laughs> I had the same thing. Like, so I feel like I watched this shortly after Can't Harley Wait came out. So mm -hmm. like you um, remembered her from Six Feet Under. I remembered her from Can't Hardly Wait. And I was like, oh, this is probably going to be a cool movie to watch. And mm -hmm. you know me, I like comedy. I like horror. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be so great. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching it as a youth and be like, yeah, I, this is hilarious. Watching it now was something like when I was watching it, it reminded me of like a John Waters movie. Yeah, I thought that too. Like that, that's the feel that it was getting for. Like when I was, okay, I feel like I tell my like story about movies all the time, but I have always had problems sleeping from like, since I can remember it till now. So mm -hmm. I would just stay up and watch TV. So I would stay up and watch the movie channels and I would come across a lot of different things. So one movie that I remember coming across was Serial Mom. And- mm -hmm. This was around the time that it like came out on like HBO or Cinemax or something like that. So I would watch <laughs> it each time it it came on, and I loved it so much. And looking back on it now, that's another movie. Is like mm, you should have had parental guidance, Brittany. Like you shouldn't have been watching that. Yeah. Um, but that kind of like kind of helped me like develop a taste for this particular kind of horror slash comedy mm -hmm. um and i feel that's what psycho beach party was going for but it didn't quite get there and i looked into it yeah a little i would say in, co in comparison to john waters i would say this is like very very light 
like John Waters movies, I feel like are really edgy. Um, and this is more like poking fun at the genre. And it's very like tongue in cheek and kind of like knows what it is and like knows kind of how ridiculous it is. Uh, but like, I think John Waters movies are very like, it's set in like in that time, like they're like the, we're not make, making, like he's not making fun of the characters themselves. Like the characters aren't really parodies or anything. So I think this one is like way more sort of goofy <laughs> in its delivery. And like, just in like everything, like there's some parts that it's very much like a homage to like older films in the past. And I even like watched, the, I watched the, uh, the commentary track uh, mm-hmm. after I watched the like movie, like on its own. And like, you know, uh, Charles and the director, I think his name is like Robert King. Like they were both, they were both the commentators um, on the track and they, you know, talked about like the references and what the difference is between like the stage play and the movie and how things, how they had to get work to make certain things translate differently. But I think in some parts it's kind of like, it's just ridiculous in like a way it's kind of like, okay, this is a bit much. (laughs) that's like when I found out that it was originally an off-Broadway play I was like so that makes a lot of sense like Mm -hmm. it helped me like figure out why it's like that Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna be like honest like one of my absolute favorite movies is Grease like I love Grease to Mm -hmm. death and I don't even like musicals besides Grease Mm -hmm. um I feel like that being a play and becoming a movie worked really well for them. Yeah. But it didn't necessarily work well for this. I yeah. I don't know. I'm just missing something for me. Yeah. And it's so strange. You know, the, the person I thought of when I was watching this, I thought of RuPaul. I, was thinking, <laughs> I thought RuPaul would love this. And I meant to Google and see if he's ever like mentioned it in anything. Because he's also, like, such a huge fan of, like, the B-52s. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, like, the vibe of this movie is, like, if you've ever heard Rock Lobster, <laughs> that is this what this song, this movie is, like, visually. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like what Rock Lobster, it looks like what Rock Lobster sounds like. <laughs> it, you know what? That was a very apt description of this movie. <laughs> it, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, ooh, I bet you he likes, because it's just so, like, there's like those um, like double entendres that are just like so in your face that it's just like you might you might you might as well just not even made the joke, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that is like RuPaul's style, um, <laughs> especially like if you like ever like listen to him like and the catchphrases he uses like on Drag Race and like or, you know in interviews and stuff like that, um, yeah. I think he would be a fan of this movie if he's not. (laughs) I feel feel you on that one. Yeah. Like, I feel like he would. So, like, the movie starts out kind of weird. So, Mm -hmm. it starts out with the blonde woman. Uh, No, it starts off with, like, a random, like, James Dean-esque dude wearing, like, a white t-shirt, jeans, and a really cool leather jacket. He's driving his motorcycle down to a diner and he gets there and he comes inside and he's trying to appeal to a waitress there. And she's like, no, no, you can't see me. So she's talking to (laughs) him 
behind like a door and the only thing you could see is like her face through like the little window in the door and he was like whatever uh i love you so much and she's like no you can't see me like this and like i don't care and he opens the door (laughs) and she has yeah he like demands a kiss from her and is like no i want you (laughs) i want you now (laughs) right so she has two heads. Well, technically she has three heads. So it's her mm-hmm. face, a really bad paper mache guy face, and a really bad paper mache lady face on either side of her shoulders. So she's a three-headed woman, I guess. Mm-hmm. And somehow from there, it turns into like, what's it's like an old movie about a, old, a lady that's basically the size of Godzilla, like, Oh, um, like Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Yes, that. Mm -hmm. And so from there you find out that it's a fake movie opening. So the characters in Psycho Beach Party are at the drive-thru watching whatever. I feel like it's like Space Babes or Bossa Nova Space something. (laughs) I missed the title of it, but I, I did listen to the commentary and they said that they wanted to like trick the audience, like the movie going audience watching Psycho Beach Party into thinking that they paid mo- money for a black and white movie. That's the whole reason why they started this. And then like, well, that's also like a side thing of like a theme, like um, like a movie within a movie, which kind of comes up about later <laughs> on in the story. But um, yeah, I was actually kind of surprised too because I turned it on. I don't remember like this opening like at all. And I was like, wait, this feels like the wrong movie. <laughs> what am I watching? <laughs> I don't remember this part. It worked on me too because I was like, "This it it's not it's in color, right?" <laughs> yeah. What happened? And so that particular gimmick worked out perfectly because I was like, "I know it is this 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 the right thing, right?" <laughs> and so I had to like pause it and make sure I had like the right movie going, mm-hmm. and then it turned to color. And so a couple things are happening. So it felt very grease at the drive-thru because you got like couples in cars mm-hmm. making out, making really, it, it it's not even like double entendres. It's, it's, it's super lazy. Like, hey, we fucking in this car. I need a condom. Like that's basically what it is. <laughs> it's, worded nicer than that but that's the joke it's not really much to unravel there mm-hmm. but you got couples making out in different cars you got a character named marvel ann yeah is- i forgot that amy adams was in this movie i was like oh girl this lois lane oh okay yeah because i don't think the first time like i actually realized that amy adams like i learned her name was in Talladega Nights because <laughs> she's in that movie and I was like okay I keep seeing this redhead I recognize her now but I did not realize she was in this movie and this is like her like second movie role or something and now she's like in every movie all the time <laughs> so, yeah. so shout out to her <laughs> I guess for uh, parlaying that into uh, a career I don't know how she got there like I don't know either I was- <laughs> I was like, so she went from this to like the office to like make. Well, she was in Catch Me If You Can, which is like a big, uh-huh. like a whole big Spielberg thing, and with like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Like she, I don't know how she did it, but she <laughs> shout out to her. 
that's okay. a lead. Pay me? That's a lead, man. Said, now she getting uh, some DC money that that ain't going that great, but you know she getting a paycheck. She deserve it. Uh, so like you you have like all of your teen beach movie character tropes. So basically, what Marvel Land is is like the the boy crazy. Um, flirty girl who all the guys like and she wears crop tops and knickerbockers and has like her boobs out like oh mm-hmm. look at me yeah and you have like chiclet she is supposed to be like the girl next door and she's a really sweet person and all this stuff and then chiclet has a best friend who's supposed to be like the girl nerd mm-hmm. so she does girl nerd stuff and then you have like the group of surfer dudes. So at the um, drive-through, you kind of get glimpses at like everybody there. And you were talking about like recognizing Amy Adams. This is super random, but did you watch The Office? Yes, I did. Okay, you know Hunter and the Hunted like maybe was that like in the later <laughs> seasons if it was after jim and pam got married i don't know because i never no, watched it after they got married i kind of like okay. it was a little before okay, it's when like michael was dating jan and he invited um pam and jim over and like this teenage boy came out and was singing shitty songs <laughs> i know i must have missed that part so, like, it was really weird. So, the guy who played, his name is, like, Nicholas D'Augusto. Mm. And I literally thought he just, oh, he was in that cheerleading movie. That, about, like, people going to cheer camp. That's not stick it. It's, okay. Fired up! Uh-oh. It's fired up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Like, it's he was in Fired Up. But anyway, he was in this movie as the clerk. And I was like, how old is he? Because this was, like, in 2000, and he didn't start almost, but not quite popping until, like, 2009 or something. Mm. But it was really interesting seeing him there. Yeah. But, like, yeah, he has, like, a drive- really brief cameo. It, it was weird. But, like, at the drive-in, like, everybody's flirting and whatnot, and there's a couple there where she is a blonde woman and she's with this dude and they're making out. And he's like, oh, I need to leave. I need to get a Jimmy hat. So you won't have to, you know, miss nine months of school. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, joke. It's like, those are the kind of jokes where they are lowbrow, but lowbrow. Like, they're not really trying really hard. But while this guy is gone... Someone murders his girlfriend in the car, and everybody like freaks out about it. Chicklet's friend, I think her name is Burdine. She's the one who like finds the body because I think the guy cuts her throat. Is or not the guy, but the murderer, I guess, cuts her throat, and then you know they launch into the credits. But did you did we talk about Lars, the the Swedish exchange student? From the sex capital of the world, Sweden? Yeah, I was like, since when is Sweden the sex capital of the world? But then I was like, I guess they're really, really tall and like jaw, <laughs> defined jawlines and Alexander Skarsgård and whatever, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you forgot about Bill. I remember Chicklets talking to him 
and like getting advice about how everybody, all the girls she know are like boy crazy. And that if she's a boy stuck at her tongue, or sorry, his tongue in her mouth, she'd barf and then kick him in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> so like the, the thing with, with Chicklet versus all the other girls, with the exception of like Bourdain, is that, um, is that they're kind of like desired by guys and like guys, you know, they like boys and boys like them. And Chuck was kind of like, I don't, I don't really want to do all that. Like, I'm just here to have a good time. <laughs> like, I want to go to the movies. Like, what's so bad about going with your best uh, friend that's a girl to the movies? While everybody else is like, <laughs> Amy Adams, or sorry, Marvel Ann is doing like weird tongue things in an ice cream sandwich. <laughs> with the oh, guy from Buffy. <laughs> it was like a lot. <laughs> I was like, like it was a lot of like, licking and uh, stuff. Was, oh god, it was gross. So you got like Xander from Buffy, who that's I his, hate. That's his name. I never watched Buffy, so I don't know <laughs> his name i just knew he was from buffy that's the guy when we were when we were looking at the movie and i said there was the guy with the mugshot on google <laughs> that was him, <laughs> that was him. <laughs> so i don't know what he gets up to and his days off but not too not too good i guess <laughs> he out he out here but that ice cream oh my god thanks for reminding me about it because like it was gross like if y'all gonna do this, do this with like an ice cream cone, not a damn ice cream sandwich. And yeah, so from there you kind of see. The, oh, his name is Starcat. Yeah, Starcat, who goes to like college or something. And I guess he's <laughs> in town to surf. I think we find that out later. But basically, he doesn't want to go to school anymore. But he knows a lot about psychology somehow. No, because he's a psych major and he's taken three years. So he's practically a psychiatrist. Okay, he's practically ready to give out prescriptions. Do they? Not, they don't give out prescriptions, but they're ready to like analyze and you know give diagnoses <laughs> and tell you exactly what's wrong all before graduation day. <laughs> that's peak psych major. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, that's if he can do it, I can do it. I have a bachelor's <laughs> in psych. Yeah, let me get some psych money, but. Like, but like Marvel Ann is like really into trying to impress everybody. And I feel like we go home with Chicklet after the movies and we see We have to mention we have to mention Rhonda. Did we mention Rhonda too? The girl in the bitchy the bitchy girl in the wheelchair? Oh no, we didn't. Yeah, so there's like a really bitchy girl in a wheelchair who like intentionally but like somehow unintentionally but definitely intentionally insults everybody like she does this weird thing with with chiclet where she basically says that she heard she was going to europe to have like a sex change operation or something like that and like poor chiclet is just like i can't i can't catch a break with all these girls like i just i just want to be myself and everybody's like basically insinuating like she's too masculine or too like, you know, sexless, I guess, for anybody to really pay attention to her. But Ron- that's kind of how she got her nickname, too. Yeah, that's how she got her nickname. Yes, that is how she got her nickname. She's not even a chick, she's a chicklet. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so yes, but Ron- Rhonda comes back like several times, and each time she's more and more bitchy. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
I thought that was interesting. I really, I honestly thought that part was interesting because um, a lot of times when you're watching a movie, persons who have like visible disabilities are not necessarily treated as people. Mm-hmm. They're most of the time they're treated as like sources, like oh my god, like you're like you're pitying them, um, or yeah, they, they come mentioned around. That- they mentioned that in the director's commentary too about how I guess some people were like, "Oh, you can't do that. You can't put like a bitchy girl in the wheelchair. That's like you know mean or whatever." And then I guess like he actually got some praise from it from some people he knew because he didn't try to make Rhonda like the victim or of her situation or anything like that. Like honestly, her wheelchair is very very uh, rarely mentioned. It's only mentioned like twice. I think, mm-hmm. but mostly like she's just a bitch. Like it has nothing to do with the fact that she's in the wheelchair. She's just that's how she is. She's Rhonda, the bitchy girl who always has something slick to say. <laughs> always like mm-hmm. her, she got a smart ass mouth, bruh. Like she roasts people and then like <laughs> bye <laughs> and like just leave. Yeah, and it, it's funny. Like it honestly reminded me of Saved. With Macaulay Culkin's character, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember he, that movie, yeah. And he he was a jerk. Um, and I like had to write a paper about it in grad school, and that was one of the like things that I really liked about the movie because pers- people with disabilities are just people, like they're people, and they behave like people, and you know, mm-hmm. like I can't explain it, but like you should treat people like people in general. Yeah. That's a common theme in all of our podcasts right now. <laughs> all our podcast yeah. episodes. Treat people like people. Treat people like people. And it's fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. And then- when Chicklet goes to get the to the concessions, she like gets hypnotized by the snack sign and like her personality <laughs> switches because the the snack concession guy wasn't paying attention to her really. And then like another pretty girl came up and he's like, Oh, well, what can I do for you, ma'am? And, <laughs> and Chicklet like switches. And she basically yells like, who do I have to fuck to get a hot dog? Here? Oh, right. That's what we're in. Extra. And Bowman. It's Anne Bowman. Yeah, she's like, gets all like her voice gets all deep. And she's like, Really impatient and really bitchy and really loud, and she wants to be paid attention to and basically worshipped. Because it's Anne yes. Bowman. <laughs> so ridiculous. So, like, um, she lives at home with her mom, mm-hmm. played by Aunt Zelda from Teenage, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And she also has a foreign exchange student, Lars, there with mm-hmm. her. And apparently... Um, Chicklet's father died years ago mm-hmm. and her mom is kind of obsessed with Lars and like one of their yeah, interactions bruh like she, he's going to do his laundry and she's like no no I'll do your laundry for you Lars you're a guest in my home and he was like oh uh, okay yeah her, her so, mom is like very um very like stereotypical, like late fifties, early sixties feminine lady. Um, 
because she when she takes his laundry she's like oh no 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 you don't have to do your laundry that's women's work i'll do it and and she has like a needlepoint did you see the needlepoint um little thing behind her that said chastity lost is never found oh no yeah, it's like in her kitchen so she's very much oh my God. she's very much like a prim and proper like you know stereotypical uh graceful lady and she even dresses like it compared to um, like Monica, like the detective and like the her cop partner, they're very kind of more on the they're ladylike. Well, at least Monica is like the the female cop is like always in like in pants and stuff, which compared to like Aunt Zelda, <laughs> which I cannot remember her name right now, but Aunt Zelda's like you know very big dresses with like that weird, that similar like sixties like late fifties silhouette. So she's very much like into like her role of being like a woman of the house. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And she kind of like shows that by washing Harz's underwear in that the kitchen. pee all over them. He was like, she was like, oh, if you put this in the machine, it's not gonna get out these pee stains. And I was like, ooh, ooh. I was like, <laughs> and the sink, wash somebody draws in the in kitchen the sink. sink like, food. <laughs> like that is, if you hand wash and draws, you gotta do that in the bath. Like that's bathroom. <laughs> Cleansing. You can't do that. Like you cutting up your zucchinis where you wash somebody's dookie stain something draws from. <laughs> no, I, oh god, that no. was it was hard for me to watch. I'm not even sure why they put that part in there. <laughs> like probably just to say something like it's like that. really like odd. Like they never like really mentioned it in the movie. They most or like in the in the commentary they mostly mentioned like. Because it was such a quick shoot, like you can tell. I think it was like like twenty one days or something. All these quickly shot movies we keep watching, but like the um, like he says, like you can tell when it was like in the beginning of the day versus like the end of the day because there was like different shots and like close ups and you know long or you know wide shots versus like one big wide shot and like the characters all talking and there's no close ups. But that's the only part they mentioned during that scene. Like, I was like, you're not going to talk about this pee? (laughs) 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 So, like, Chicklet, I feel like the next part is, like, Chicklet, Birdine, Mm -hmm. and Marvel Ann go to the beach. And Marvel Ann literally just wants to sit at, like, on the beach and uh, be paid attention. Like, she doesn't want to get in the water. She doesn't want to do anything but get guys to Yeah, she's there her. for, it's like, to boy watch. That's She says, like, no, this is a boy hunt thing. Like, we're here to scoop out the men. <laughs> and, like, Berdine is like, uh, I don't think I could be at the beach. I'm allergic to the sun. And she's like, suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, why did you even bring those two with you? I guess to have, like, a posse. Exactly. But I was like, you, I feel like she would have, like, a group of friends. But she found those two. <laughs> And like Chicklet wants to get in the water, like she see she sees the guys um like surfing, and I feel like this is where she first sees like Starcat. <laughs> His fucking name is Starcat. Yeah, this is like when she meets Starcat and like the rest of the guys. Uh, one of them is named Provolone. Don't know why. And then <laughs> one of them is named Yo Yo, and like there's Junior. I do not remember everybody's name. Besides Kanaka's 
and those that we just mentioned. But yeah, she meets them. She's really into the surfing. And she, uh, like, once they all get out of the water, the guys start having this weird, like, homoerotic wrestling. Homoerotic? Talk yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, okay, we doing this. I mean, yeah, what my, else? My first Do thing you- was like, are they gay? Because it was like very, it was very like out of nowhere. Yes. And yeah, the director's commentary is like, yeah, they're they're gay. <laughs> or at least a couple of them are. Um, and he said that they did the, the director said they did the scene like this because they um, were trying to convey, I guess in the stage play, they have to do more things verbally um, because it's how, you know, plays work in comparison to movies. So <laughs> it was easier to show like the repressed, like homosexuality with the weird wrestling thing that they always do. Cause they just got <laughs> on the water and just started wrestling. Like it wasn't really like, I don't think it was, I mean, I think they kind of like, you know, threw some like verbal jabs at each other, but like, it was kind of like all in fun and they just started wrestling each other. And then somebody, so, was this when somebody pulled out like baby oil was like, psh, psh, like spraying them with baby oil. That was the oil. second time because it's, yeah, they, they wrestled twice. Like it, there's different scenes in the wrestling. <laughs> so it's like the, the baby oil came later and that's, I was like, okay, this is definitely like somebody in this group is gay. It's fine. But like, <laughs> it's like, what yeah, doing? Like, we're doing this thing. We're doing this thing. And poor Marvel Ann is trying to get their attention and it's like not working because <laughs> they're too busy wrestling. And she's like, she literally goes over to the group and literally like stands and poses in front of them mm-hmm. for a little bit of time. And yeah, she's, she's just, just like standing there out. and like, she's like, oh, look at, like she's changing her poses. And then she decides to do like unbutton her or untie her um, bikini top and like, oh, I don't know what happened. And then that is the yeah. only thing that pulled attention away from the wrestling. And then like her, like Starcat, like the other guys kind of don't care. Um, but Starcat mm-hmm. yeah, is like, oh, really what's up? And so he goes Titties. over and they start like having a conversation. I don't know. They have like a weird back and forth about like overly stimulated libidos and, you know, oh my God, that sounds so dirty. <laughs> and and meanwhile, like Chicklet is trying to get in with the guys and she says like, I want to learn how to surf, like who can teach me? And they won't let her. They say like men are natural hunters and the prey is the wave. <laughs> and then they say something like this, even the surfboard, I think the star cat says it. He's like, even the surfboard is a phallic symbol. And I was like, all right, <laughs> like give it a rest. And I tell them like, we, we, we surf with this guy called the great Kanaka and he's a world champion surfer. And he would hate if we brought a girl around, they won't let her, they won't even let her like, you know, they won't even entertain the thought of her surfing with them, which is like, a. I mean, surfing is, it's a hard sport, but like, like anything that a man kind of tells a girl like she can't do, it's usually like for reasons that are really stupid, like the phallic symbol, mm-hmm. like it's a fucking surfboard. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> but like, while like um, Marvelin and Starcat go off, the rest of the guys are going to like get a lunch mm-hmm. or something. Like they're going mm-hmm. off the beach, and there's only one guy in the crew left, and his name is Junior. 
So he's like, oh, yeah, I'm about to go catch some really cool waves. And Chicklet is like, can I join you? And he was like, no, I'm good. But she goes yeah, anyway. She, she asks him, um, how can she, uh, she asks him about the great Kanaka. And she wants to, like, find out, like, you know, who is he and where does he live and all that. Because they won't tell her. Like, the rest of the guys won't tell her. But Junior's kind of dumb. So he kind of lets it slip. Like, hey. I, uh, he lives like over here in this like really elaborate beach shack. <laughs> the great Kanaka is low key homeless yeah. a little bit. I feel like he doesn't even own that like beach yeah, shack. Yeah, I feel like if in. somebody came up to him and was like, where's your permit? He would not be able to answer. And then they would bulldoze his house for like, you know, condos or whatever. And this is like 2018. <laughs> <laughs> and so we go meet the great Kanaka and his fucking Dharma yeah, and Gray. I feel like him, like his character is probably the one that got on my nerves the most because it was all like laid back surfer talk, but it was all, it all rhymed. The writer, Charles Bush says that, um, he was watching like every like old, like surf movie he could find. And there was a movie where the guy, one of the surfers, uh, rhymed like everything he said was like a fucking rhyme, and he he had watched this movie like after I guess when he was watching like when he was writing the screenplay for Psycho Beach Party rather than the play, the original play. So because the I guess the character in the play does not rhyme. So if you go see the play, I'm sure it will be much better for that alone because everything he says is a fucking rhyme. Like it, it doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> I was like, please, please don't let this be the whole thing it for is. the entire movie. And it was the whole thing for the entire movie. And I was like, oh, what have I, what have I done? Um, I felt like I was gonna send a message to Ashley, like, I'm, I'm sorry again. I'm so like, sorry. It wasn't like a painful watch. The only thing about it was like my I don't know what was up with my DVD that I got, but like it was kind of hard to hear some of the actors. And so, like, and usually I, like, I use, like, the closed captioning or whatever to, or, like, the subtitles to, like, make sure I'm getting all the dialogue because sometimes I miss, like, a lot of times I miss things that are said, especially if they're, like, you know, not uh, not ad-libbed very well or, or at least, the, like, you know, the, you know, post-production didn't do a good job. <laughs> so, in ADR or whatever. And, uh yeah, there was no subtitles on this movie, so I just had to keep being like, okay, I guess he said another rhyme. <laughs> I don't know what he said. I don't know what he said. I, like, rewound this so many times, like, to try to figure out, like, what the fuck did he say now? Fuck. <laughs> I gave up, honestly. I was like, mm, I think I get the general gist of what's going on. Um, but it's very, like, mindless um, surfer talk. That's, like, fake, deep surfer talk, like, almost, like, zen-esque shit. You know what it reminded me of? What? It reminded me of like Jaden Smith, like the shit he no, be talking Brittany. about. Like Britney, no. Yes, Brittany it's the no. same stuff. Like, <laughs> I guess it's like the white person equivalent no. to like Erica. But no, Britney. Like, you know how like, I'm vibrating on no. a higher level, my man. Like that kind of shit. But like for white yeah. people, it's like That's what white it was. people if they smoked like when they, well, you know, I think sometimes they're usually just very yeah. out there anyway. But like especially it, like if like a white person's like a stoner, like those are the most like ir- incomprehensible 
people because I just have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> and this is like the great Kanaka, but without the uh the addition of weed, which seems crazy because you would think Yeah, I feel like it's yeah, you would think weed. he'd be like, you know, the top stoner of the group, but like there's no weed in this movie. Which I think there's a reason why, but we can discuss that later. <laughs> and so when Chicklet goes to meet with the great Kanaka, she sees apparently she gets hypnotized or like something triggers her when she mm-hmm. sees like circles. So when she's in there, she it's not her, it's Anne Bowman. And Anne Bowman is into um I guess um BDSM. I there's something about her because she's very dominating and she's very like a sharp talker and I think she says like what did she say like boys deserve to be tortured or something like that and like something about that just like triggered something in Kanaka's like brain and his eyes got so big and so excited like I was not expecting that part either because um Oh yeah, she t- three, she threatens to take him to the beach on a leash. He, and he was oh, like, really? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> but he also says he won't take advantage of the situation due to his quote unquote code of honor. And I'm like, okay, I guess. <laughs> you know what, Ashley? When I like think about that, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah, it was because he like uh, in a like the next scene or so when. Chicklet is back at the beach. He starts talking about his girl, and his girl mm-hmm. is Ann Bowman. And Ann Bowman is technically in the body of a 16 year old, and he knows yeah. about Ann Bowman, but he also knows Chicklet. So I'm like, the fuck are you well, talking he's about? Like, telling everybody like that's his girl, but he hasn't seen her in a while. He doesn't like mention her by name at first I think but he like he's told all the guys about this like great girl that he's met and you know in his very cool way he says this uh but he says he hasn't seen her in a while and you know it's because Anne kind of pops up and reappears um he they haven't figured out the triggers yet so he doesn't know when Anne's gonna pop up but ever like after that he's always like wait Anne are you there (laughs) he's Dude, he's I, looking forward like he's like wait is it about to start is it happening is it going down and, and it's not but like I guess it, in um because of Anne I think is the reason why he even bothers to teach her in the first place like I think partially he feels kind of bad for her and then partially like definitely he's trying to get with Anne again so he can be like you know let out and like with a whip and, and chains I guess <laughs> So, um, so yeah, they like make fun of uh, Florence's or Chicklet's penis envy. I guess they like that's the reason why that they think that she's hanging out with with them is like she basically like, wants to be a dude, which is kind of weird. <laughs> um, yeah. But they say like you know she's not even a chick; she's a chicklet, and that's how she gets her little name. But she's fine with the name, honestly, as long as they like let her keep surfing with them. And uh, so they mentioned like this house next door is haunted. <laughs> and this line is so weird. He says, there's ghosts in it. I can feel it in my nuts. I've had a, a man's hairy ball since I was eight. It's the source of my power. <laughs> I don't even remember what surfer know. that was. <laughs> oh, I think it's the one. 
Was it the one that we later found out that he only had one testicle? It might have been because I don't remember his name like before that. Or it's like there's only like three servers I really recognize, which is like the ones we mentioned before. But um, yeah, he they mentioned like somebody died in that house. And Kanaka and his like, oh, great wisdom says some people were born to die. And I'm like, OK, Lana Del Rey, like calm down. <laughs> Everybody is born to die, sir. Everyone. <laughs> like, OK, that's so profound of you. <laughs> And every like all the little surfer dudes are like, you know what? You're right, man. Like he, they treat him like he. I was gonna say they kind of treat him like Charles Manson a little bit, but he is definitely like the leader of all of them, and they look to him for advice. And I'm like, y'all, y'all better off seeking like some other adult to bother with I your know, problem. Yeah, because he's like, there. He's an adult. Like this is all the rest of them are like in their teens or like you know, like late teens, really early 20s, I guess. Like Starcat's probably in his uh, early Starcat 20s. 46 years old. <laughs> Starcat does look really old. <laughs> Poor Xander. Um, but yeah. Uh, so they uh, are all hanging out at the beach with ch- like chicklets with them. And of course the surfers dump her to go um, like leer at some pretty girls on the beach. And I guess they're going to, they're planning on doing like this big luau slash orgy thing. That's what, like, I was like, wait, what? Like, what? what's going on with the orgy? And Chick was like, I'm okay with orgies. You're acting like I've never been to an orgy before. I was like, yeah, because we know you haven't, girl. Calm down. Like, you know what an orgy is. You can tell she's definitely never been to an orgy. <laughs> like, uh, do you know what you're talking about? No, she doesn't. <laughs> you know what? What I thought was kind of interesting was like they tried to get her in on some of the like weird wrestling things that they mm-hmm. do with each other. So they were going like two of them had like her arms and were like holding her down. Well, not really down, but like holding her. And one was going to give like a what is it called when you like take someone's belly and go like into it and it makes like noises. Uh. Like they you know that scene. Is it like a raspberry when you go like, wait. I I remember like the scene. I think he was like rubbing his, I thought he was rubbing his hair on her stomach, like tickling her. But maybe he was giving her raspberries. And like. Like, is it like when you blow on somebody's skin and whatever, make fart noises? Yeah. Yeah. And they look like, as soon as the two girls walk by, they drop her. Like, him leave her. And then a, a few yards away at the beach, like it's a woman that comes out who lives in the haunted house and everybody's like checking her out. And is that when they go over to her? No, they, um, that was like a couple scenes later because they leave, uh, chiclet and she gets, um, she gets hypnotized by the sand on junior's butt. <laughs> it was some A plus oh, yes. stunning digital effects here. <laughs> Cause they were really shitty. And they, um, I was like, wait, is that sand? What's happening? Like it looks like an old screensaver. It does look it did look like kind of like that weird like Windows 95, like when the flag kind of did that weird circular thing. Like it didn't make any sense. But yes. I know um in the commentary, I keep mentioning the commentary, but there was like some there's a little couple gems in there. They um they talk about how originally they wanted to make it like do really cool visual effects that they couldn't do in like the 60s, like when these movies were popular. 
Um, and then they realized that they couldn't because it was either shoot the movie or shoot the effects. Like there was no time or probably money either to do both. Um, so they ended up kind of like embracing like the low tech version, but like the times when they actually do use like CGI and stuff is like, there's some parts that are like cool or like kind of like campy and kind of like tongue in cheek. Like when they're surfing, they're clearly in front of a green screen. Oh, I love those things. Yeah, like, they were so like, fun. You know, like they're standing on probably like a fake surfboard, but you can't see their legs. So you just see them like wobbling around and stuff. And then you might see them like, like in a beach scene like later like when they've like wiped out or whatever but this was like kind of like they tried to do something and it didn't really work with the sand on the butt but like the circular pattern like um triggers something in chiclet and she turns into Anne and she's like I I invented uh orgies I invented revenge and then she like blacks (laughs) out and the next thing you know uh, well, they're wrestling again. The surfers are wrestling again. Nobody's seen Junior. They're squirting oil on each other. And then somehow in the middle of the wrestling, they find a hand in the sand. And they're like, this hand is covered in psoriasis. Yeah, Junior has psoriasis. <laughs> I was like, damn, like, psoriasis? Yeah, it was really crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so Junior's basically been hacked up and, and everybody has an alibi except for Chicklet. Um and Monica Stark, who is the, you know, detective on the case that keeps popping up every time someone gets murdered, uh, you know, starts questioning her and looking at her like, uh, do you have an alibi? Like, where were you? Because you don't seem to remember anything. And Kanaka flirts with Monica a little bit. Like you can kind of tell they had a thing and he covers for Chicklet and says, Oh yeah, she was with me. Uh, and Chiclet starts to look worried, like she's she did it, <laughs> but she's not sure yet. And um, and I think this is when we get to the lady in the haunted house, which turns out to be the lady from the drive-in movie, the blonde lady. <laughs> Her name is like Batilda. Is it B- Batina Barnes? Yeah, Batina Barnes. And they ask her, like, she's hiding out because she's got, like, this big old hat on and sunglasses. And they, like, all run up to her and they recognize her. And um, and Chicklet asks her if she's incognito. And <laughs> Bettina says, no, I'm German-Irish. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and this is about the part where I was like, oh, my God, we probably fucking love this. <laughs> it's so yeah. ridiculous. So, like, Bettina is, like, the blonde bombshell who does mm-hmm. terrible movies. And she, yeah, she's supposed to be like Marilyn Monroe. And she wants to get more respect. And she's tired of doing like cheesy sci-fi movies. So she's running, I guess like she's running away from the studio until they give her like quality um, scripts because she's better than what they've been giving her. So she's staying at like the haunted beach house for however long, like the summer until like somebody gives mm-hmm, into yeah. her demands. And then like... As the kids are, like, talking to her, the one guy with the one testicle is, like, actually, like, actively hitting on her. And she she's okay with it a little bit, but she does kind of rebuff him in, like, this moment. Like, mm, I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, they're flirting with her hard, which they're... All of the, the boys pretty much are... Oh, almost all the boys are, like, very typical, like, horn dog guys which kind of makes sense given that they're like teenagers but they really don't have anything else on their minds other than surfing and 
like staring at girls and more surfing and then eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like um, Chicklet's friend, um, Berdine is like obsessed with Bettina and she kind of just nominates herself to be Bettina's assistant. So Bettina rolls with it and has her like doing different things for her at the mm-hmm. house. Yeah. She's like helping her read scripts and stuff. And it was fun, like, seeing, like, Bettina at home. And while... What is that thing um, called? She had, like, a fanny... What is it called? Like, a fanny thing? What is it? The little exercise thing that works your butt with the little band? Yeah. She had one of those. Like, I don't know what it's called. But I know it was a thing in the, like, 50s yeah. or 60s. Like, the little... It looks so aggressive. Like, what does it do, though? Like... It just it should give you like diaper rash it or something. Very like, aggressive. Like I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Your butt would feel like it seems like it would cause like chafing from like it rubbing against your butt. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Berdine like looks like she don't she's nosy. So she looks around the house and she finds a picture of the family who lived there before them. And then this is kind of how you revisit a little bit of the story and you find find out that the family was murdered in the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were, I think, does it say how they were murdered? I forget if they were like hacked up or, it's like, I think they said it was like an axe murderer, right? Yeah. And they, did, they didn't find out who killed the family. Mm-hmm. And um, Bettina slowly comes to believe that her house is haunted. I would, shit. <laughs> Yeah, especially if, like, a whole family died in your house. Yeah. You got a family at the same time. There are better beach houses, honestly. <laughs> you don't have to stay there, Bettina. You're you're semi-rich. You're a B-movie actress. You got that house, and then you got Kanaka's Beach Shack. So, yeah. of the two, that one might be the best pick. I would stay in Kanaka's house with a shrunken head if I had to. <laughs> <laughs> And so I feel like, again, that you go back to, like, the diner. And this is another confrontation that the group has with um, Rhonda. And Rhonda, like, comes through. She talks shit. And at this point, this is when Chicklet, like, after um, Junior turns up, Chicklet gets really, like, shook. And she tries to, like, feel out Berdine and be like, if I was like, if I kind of like blacked out and couldn't remember what happened, do you think I could have did it? And um, Bernine is like, no, like you're such a good person. I don't, you know, I don't think you would have killed anybody. And then Chicklet is not confident that she didn't. Yeah, she as more murders happen, she starts to like her blackouts kind of start occurring more and more frequently. So she increasingly doesn't have any alibis <laughs> because I think that the first murder, she thinks like, she jokes like, oh, somebody must have spiked my drink, <laughs> which is awful. But like, <laughs> as it happens more and more, she doesn't have any excuses. She doesn't know where she's been. She doesn't remember anything. Um, she gets into it with her mom. <laughs> did you, did you write down that part? It, oh. oh God, we got to talk about that part. So she, um, like they, Berdine says she knows how to get rid of the ghosts. She says she has an exorcism kit, and I'm like, all right, of course you do. And Bettina says we should have a sleepover so they can have like a seance and like get rid of the ghosts. And Chicklet's mom won't let her because she says it's an invitation for sex, <laughs> and she's like, 
It's like, you don't want a boy's thing poking at you. And she keeps poking at her and poking at her. (laughs) So aggressive. And, and like, there's another personality switch, but instead of um, Ann Bowman, it's like a different, we find out later her name is Tylene. Carmichael oh, Carmel or something like that. It's, it's some weird name, but her name is Tylene is the, the biggest takeaway. And she has like this terrible black scent. Like, oh, I know I you have no idea. didn't just put your hands on me. I was like, oh shit, we're doing this now. She's like, get them out of the paws off me, bitch. <laughs> I actually laughed at that part, but I was like, but why do we have to have this? <laughs> like, of all the yeah. personalities you can have, there's so many. And you choose that one. She also, like, smacks the shit out of her mom, though. Like, she did. She did. She did. She popped her. Like, not the taste out of yeah. her mouth. And the mom literally does nothing. She says, oh. Well, she uh. knows. You can tell she kind of knows about the personalities, but, like, doesn't do anything about them or doesn't probably know like what to um like what to say yeah because like i mean why would you go take your doctor or your kid to like a psychologist in the early 60s what the fuck <laughs> like i would never you take psychology, you're gonna be there for a while yeah and then, like i mean of course it's kind of like one of those things of like she's like the perfect mom like perfect Susie homemaker like mom and i don't think she would ever would have taken her to like an actual specialist like I don't think I mean that wasn't really that common back then especially like if they you know didn't have a lot of money like I think kids of this generation are um like mental health is frequently brought up now more and more but like back then I don't think anybody (laughs) would have gone for it so like she's like oh I love my daughter (sighs) she has like this weird melodramatic (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then of course poor like Chicklet doesn't know what the fuck just happened but they go to the seance Marvel Ann and Star Cat are wearing the ugliest matching flower shirts like these ugly fucking Hawaiian shirts <laughs> and I think they're like you know at least it's presumed that they're together all the boys are flirting with Bettina uh, I'm sorry Bettina and you know Chicklet tells Starkhead about the blackouts. He like he's like, well, I'm not really qualified to diagnose people, but maybe it's morbidly psychotic schizophrenia. And then so and uh Chicklet goes to Berdeen, like too, because he said Chicklet doesn't have any friends, so he like automatically thinks it's Berdeen that they're talking about. <laughs> like, so cannot catch a break this entire movie. And like throughout the night, like they have to pause their seance. Because um, Berdine forgot an important part of the ritual. Yeah, some chant um, she forgot, I think. And so they're like kind of just hanging out in the house. And the guy with one testicle, I honestly don't know his name. All I know is he has just one he testicle. He just has one testicle, it's fine. He, <laughs> he, um, he amps up his flirting with Bettina. And she finally is like, okay, yeah, meet me in the guest bathroom in 10 minutes. So he's like, hell yeah, and he goes to the bathroom. And <laughs> other like other places in the house, you got the t- you have provolone and the other dude. I think his name is Yo-Yo. In- okay. Yo-Yo and Provolone are in Bettina's room and they're looking mm-hmm. in her closet. And they're like, oh my God, like this is a really nice sweater. I mean, like a 
Is it like a house coat? It's like a like furry... one of those like like furry nighty kind of things that you wear. Like like I guess it's like almost like a robe, but it's got like the fur trim and like the silk and stuff. And they're all trying them on. <laughs> I have no idea why they started trying on her clothes, but they were just like really into it. I mean, it's nice and soft. Women's clothes are soft. I would too. Like they both have them on, and they're like, "Yeah, you look good in this." And I was like, "I feel good." And Bettina is like, "Oh, you guys are trying on my clothes," and they're like, "No, no, no, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not." Like and trying so to give them to... advice, she's like, "No, you should try this. You should try this too." Oh uh, no, we were just playing. We were just playing. We didn't do anything. We didn't do anything. And so they like hurry up and leave the room. And she was like, "But you guys didn't even see my shoe closet." So like, she was really okay with them wearing her clothes, but they were like, "Uh, no." we're men we're men bye <laughs> and meanwhile what happens next they like they find the surfer yeah so they um so like Bettina finally goes to meet a uh, one testicle dude there and he they find him dead with his soul like his soul testicle in his mouth and then, <laughs> oh my god then they call in um Captain Monica mm-hmm. and she starts questioning everybody like so what happened here and like no one really knows what happened they just know Did that you catch when marvel and was like is this the answer to go to school overcrowding you're just gonna let us be butchered <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no i that i cracked up i felt <laughs> it's gonna let us be butchered like this <laughs> Oh, poor Marvelan. It's it's weird. Um, then what happens next? I feel I think like it's a flashback. You talking about the scene in the car? Oh, okay. So this is where we get more information about um Kanaka and Captain Monica. So you kind of find out that they were in a relationship. Yeah, they were both and cops. he wanted to get married. And she was like, I'm I have the my detective test on Monday. I can't think about marriage now. Yeah, he wants her to, or I he, can't think about having. Children. Yeah, he wants her to have babies. Well, he says that they can get married in somebody's backyard, and I was like, slow down. What? <laughs> like, and then he says, "Since you want, you just should, you should just stay home and have babies." And she's like, "I want to build my career, and I want more than." Just being a cop and I want to prove all those bastards down at the station wrong that a woman can be a detective and and Kanaka's like, well fine. He's like, I, I'm not your whore. Please. <laughs> she's like, eh? she's like, she's like, no, success is nothing without you. I need you. It's so dramatic. <laughs> it's so dramatic and ridiculous, but I guess. I guess it's supposed to be funny because it's like it's like a kind of not a graphic sex scene, but like they have like a body double um, for Monica because like you know he, it's a guy in drag, so you see somebody with boobs, but then like it's also like her, and so it's like a weird flip, and then like I think it's like it's supposed to be funny with like you know contrasting like I'm just a girl who just wants more in life, and like it's a dude in like a dress. <laughs> And how dramatic it gets like, towards the end. But it's like a... Yes, they, yeah, it's like... I don't think they even like tell say like what Kanaka's real name is. Because Kanaka's real name is definitely not fucking Kanaka. Like, be It's serious. probably like Mark. I feel like it's a Mark or it's a John. Greg. It's, it's Greg. From Darwin Greg. <laughs> no, yeah. 
Margaret. You're right. It's His name is Greg. But yeah, Monica thinks that the um that the victims are being murdered for imperfections, like the one testicle, because that was a testicle in the guy's mouth. Like they cut off his testicle and stuffed it in the surfer's mouth. It kind of looked like like um what do you call those things? Snowball, like the little like donuts that have like coconut shavings on the top. It kind That's of what like it reminds me. I was also gonna say one of those kind of like mozzarella balls. Because <laughs> 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 I couldn't tell what it was. I was like, is that mashed potatoes? Like what is that? Like it looked very <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> It oh looked my God. very like smushed, but like <laughs> But it didn't make any, it was bad. But um, so from the commentary, they say that that's from a movie, like they took inspiration from a movie called The Spiral Staircase, which I think I want to say is a Hitchcock movie. Don't quote me. I did not write that part down. But I um, like there was like a murderer who was killing people based on imperfections, like perceived imperfections in other people. Um, So that's where that whole killer profile came from yeah um and the surfers are still planning the orgy luau by the way (laughs) as monica is building the uh yeah monica's building the suspect profile uh and they definitely think it's a man like there's not a chance of like they don't mention it being a girl or like a woman or anything which is interesting because you know most most serial killers are dudes (laughs) Um, but I don't think it would even occur to them to like, it's like think it's a woman, like at any point in time. And uh, this next scene is like so random, but this is also we see like Anne again, and uh, Chicklet's like asking Kanaka like if she puts out, will Starcat respect her? Which is like the wrong person to ask this question. <laughs> yeah, because like as like Chicklet is getting advice, he's fucking like. Really like putting all kinds of circles in his little bean mm-hmm, shack. He has been, and like he has like a dog leash, and he like kind of puts it on like he's ready to go. And he was like, "Hey, hey, Chicklet, look at my new window. Look at it. Look." And it's like a circle. It's like, what yeah, you he- think of that? And she's like, ah, "What about Starcat?" And he's like, "No, fucking look at this this circle." Mm, yeah, and I was like, oh, "Yeah, God. it's all it's all like he's all done up his thing with like beach shit and like." <laughs> stuff he would find like uh, like in the sand and he's like so excited and um yeah he I guess I don't know what triggers her at this point I think something something he says and something plus all those fucking circles triggers her and he's so excited that he rips off his shirt and he's wearing a corset (laughs) and she's like and then Anne Bowman leaves yeah Anne's gone Tylene shows up Mm -hmm. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing, basically? Yeah, she's like, why are you dressed like a hoe? And she says she's like a a cashier at the Safeway. (laughs) So fucking ridiculous. Uh, And he's like freaked out because he's like, I, uh, no, I don't want you. You, get, black girl, get away from me. (laughs) Get the fuck away from me. (laughs) Get out. (laughs) And then I don't know what triggers her again, but then Anne returns He's all right. He's like, yes. And she's like, I, for some reason, I don't know where this came from, but she was like, I want to be dominatrix and empress of the planet Earth. <laughs> like, like it's like a, like, like a straight up like B movie plot. Like she wants to rule it all. And this is something that shows up again at the Luau slash orgy. 
Oh yeah, it does. Oh, I okay. So I googled it. The Spiral Staircase is not by Hitchcock. Uh, it's by somebody named Robert Siodmak. I said that really wrong, but it's basically about a guy who like a serial killer who targets disabled women, which is weird. Wow. Um. Yeah, it's from like the forties, nineteen forty six. So that's basically where that inspiration came from uh, with like the triggers or like the, at least the serial killer's motive. So the gay surfers plus Bedina and Berdine go to the diner and they confront Rhonda. I don't know where Rhonda fucking came from. Rhonda's always at the diner. Like the girl don't leave. I don't know if she works there. Her mama works there. I don't know what her problem is, but she's always there. And, you know, in her roundabout way, she calls Rhonda or she um, calls Bettina old. She's like, you can hardly see the lines on your face. <laughs> and Bettina is shook. Like, yeah. she's staring at, like, like oh, my God. Yeah, and she's shook and she leaves. And the waitress is like, Rhonda's wheelchair needs an ejector seat. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. That might be a bit much. <laughs> but while Rhonda is like, she, I guess she's like, you know, going down the street or whatever because she's left you know <laughs> the diner her wake the gloved person has come back and kidnaps Rhonda and starts pushing her along the street and we don't see what happens um Anne shows up in her she's got like a feather boa and she's got like makeup on and like a cigarette holder <laughs> and I think Yo-Yo is like oh my god you look like Cleopatra it's fabulous <laughs> I like your eyeliner. <laughs> that looks so nice. Yeah, you like cat. He's you know uh, comp- uh, complimenting her a bunch. And at this point, you know, cut back to Rhonda. They have decapitated her. Oh, bruh. The killer decapitated her and left her head on the spinning Big wheel mama. of her like capsized wheelchair. It was just going around and around and around. It definitely every- was a mannequin head. Like it. It was so cheap. It was it, very much a mannequin head. Like, the kind you get from, like, Dillard's, like, in the 90s. Like, it was very, like, scarily, <laughs> like, kind of realistic, but definitely not realistic at the same time. <laughs> like, like if, you, like, if you saw that head, like, if you came home one day and you saw that head perched on something, you'd be freaked out. But, like, in this sense, you're like, you can definitely tell, like, that is not a real person's head. <laughs> so, shout out to the props department. That was a good job. It was really good. <laughs> And then I feel like this is where like Mo- Captain Monica is like thinking about it, and she realizes that pretty much anybody could be a suspect because she goes over like the all the information like you know they're targeting people for like perceived imperfections, so it could be like this person for this reason or that person for that reason, and. She yeah, she questions the- three of the, the surfers. She gets provolone, Starcat, and Yo-Yo. Uh, and she asks them, like, what's freakish about them? Because she's worried that they'll be targeted next. And the the, <laughs> the reasons are so, like, dumb. <laughs> because provolone is like, oh, no, Starcat's like, well, provolone's constipated. And he hasn't pooped in, like, three months or something <laughs> crazy like that. <laughs> And then uh, Provolone's like, well, Starcat has ugly toes. <laughs> and then Yo-Yo's like, well, I mean, there's nothing really freaky about me, but I kind of just, you know, I feel a way about, about Provolone. And Provolone's like, no, <laughs> what are you talking about? 
And I'm, I don't know if he says this, but he says, like, I hope the killer kills us all. Is that what he says? <laughs> I could have sworn he said what he said. <laughs> I, sure. I was like, wow, shit. That was a very extreme reaction. Like, y'all have wrestled each other. Calm down. And I, like, I honestly thought in that moment, like, that uh, Yo-Yo and Provolone were about to, like, confess their love for each other. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, we're doing this. All right. Yeah. You guys better brace yourselves. Like, yes, you better do it. And they're like, no, it, we're fine. We're perfectly normal. We're good. Like, yeah, Provolone's like, I'm not about that shit, man. Sorry. <laughs> and I feel like we're going, like, in the, the beach shack, um, I feel like this is when um, Chicklet's mom comes through, like, after all, like, the death and stuff and, like, doesn't want her daughter hanging around these surfers. So she grounds her and she's not yeah, so able she, to. She, um, she's like, I know this is going to be about, this is going to be like a gangbang, basically. <laughs> and I was like, all right, lady, like, <laughs> you're expecting the worst. <laughs> but she, um. She comes to the beach shack because I think what happens is is Chicklet and Starcat and Kanaka are all there because Starcat has confronted Kanaka about hanging out with Chicklet and stuff. And, you know, Anne Bowman has carved Anne Bowman lives in, <laughs> in Kanaka's butt cheek. So Kanaka's like really into it. He's like, well, hey, sh- this is like, a, this is, this is a wild bride of a woman. Okay. Like, <laughs> and Starcat's like, dude, she's like 16. Yeah. Like, calm down. And uh, yeah, um, Aunt Zelda comes in, interrupts them and basically is like, nope, we're not doing this shit. I don't, y'all are all beach scum and I will sue you all. <laughs> and so like she takes Chicklet home. And Chicklet is pissed off because she can't go to the orgy luau. Mm-hmm. And this is where Lars pops back up again. Um, Lars is like, I feel like, um, like Lars comes back and he's like getting ready to go to the luau. He asks Chicklet to fix his pants for for him, and she does it. And I feel like this is like kind of close to that really weird scene between Lars and the mom. And I was like, so what? Yeah, but there's also, when when he asks her, like, before Lars asked Chicklet to uh, sew the button on his pants, like, her and uh, Birdine were about to have, like, a little, like, lesbian moment. Like, like, they were about to start kissing. Did you catch that part? I didn't catch that part the first time I watched it. Yes, I caught it because it was, like, I felt like Birdine was about to confess her love for Chicklet. yeah. It was talking about Starcat. Yeah, so, yeah. She's like, um, she's she starts to lean in and kiss her, and that's in large barges in. And like on the commentary, they actually mentioned that, and they were like, "This is the only scene in the movie that the producers were bothered by, and that we got like pushback on." And I was like, "Of all the scenes in this movie, <laughs> that's the one." Wow. Well, that's that's something. I was like, "That's the one movie that y'all are like, eh." <laughs> like no you guys can't do that here yeah like i mean eventually they kept it but like it's (laughs) i was like there's so much other things y'all could have reworked but y'all wanted you know it's just this one scene that lasted like so like it went so by so quickly that i didn't even notice it the first time so like 
<laughs> like, come on, y'all. And so, since Lars, I think after this is the orgy, right? Yeah, like um, the mom is. I guess she she's like into Lars, and she's drinking like a martini in the kitchen. And Lars comes through, and then she's like, "Oh, can you screw in that light bulb for me?" So he gets mm-hmm. up there and uh, like starts to screw it in, and like she's like, "Oh, let me hold you." So she's like holding his butt, and she's like, "Oh, this is just to keep you stable." <laughs> and then she's like, "Oh, let me pour you a drink," and she pretends to like spill something on her shirt, and she takes off her shirt. And like, oh, I gotta get the stain out immediately. And Lars is like, mm, <laughs> "I'm going to um, this luau, so bye." So he leaves. Yeah. And she- Oh, yeah, just like point it, like oh, and she goes back to being, you know, drunk, drunk mom, <laughs> wine mom, basically. The big moment has arrived, and they're at the luau. They've been planning all year, or at least all summer, I think. So I think they have like a they have a um, a dance off between like uh, Bettina and Marvel Ann. Which I was surprised yeah. Marvel Ann was there because actually we skipped this part about her and 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 Starcat breaking up because Starcat doesn't want like you know have goals in life he just wants to surf and Marvel Ann is like you need to be a, a decent Presbyterian and straighten up and apply yourself and Starcat accidentally rips off her her bikini bottoms random oh, which yes. is so random but uh, and after that Starcat and Chiclet like flirt and do like this pretend I'm Marvel Ann and they're like what would you do would you kiss my neck and then Starcat like somehow end up describing like a blowjob <laughs> from Marvel like this is what Marvel Ann does for me and she like he displays like explains it and then she's like oh my god and she like just runs off yeah she's like oh yeah she sticks a finger up my butt <laughs> she's just like Oh no! Which I've been like, I mean, that's a lot for you to tell me <laughs> that I didn't ask like, for. He, he gave very graphic details, and I was just like, okay, Starcat, all right, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But, but they're both there. Like everybody's at the luau. Um, Provolone and Yo Yo. I guess they profess their love for each other, and they kiss out in the corner. And then Provolone finally has to poop. Good for him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he's finally free. He's his constipation is gone, and yeah. love is in his heart. You know what? Love can do so many things. It can it so can many things. X flex too, apparently. <laughs> and uh, so, Chicklet and Bourdine show up to the out with Lars, and then some random like rival surfer shows up. His name is Re- Wedge Riley. And he says they need to do a virgin sacrifice. I don't know what that's about, like his name, but like they, he says they need to do. I was like, so what is this? Yeah, I had to like rewind it a couple times and be like, what the fuck is his name? And then I had to like just Google it, like on on IMDb, because I was like, I have no idea what he was talking about. And I was like, I just want to make sure I'm saying it right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he suggests that they need to do a virgin sacrifice to honor King Neptune, which is the whole point of the Luau orgy. Because, of course, people, you didn't know King Neptune is the god of the sea. So, you know, you're doing a sacrifice for the, you know, where you're surfing. So I guess you don't drown or something. The awesome waves. Yeah, for the awesome waves and not drowning and that kind of thing. So they um, they don't have anybody or they suspect they don't have anybody to be a virgin. And Chica's like, well, I'm a virgin and I'd love to. I have no idea why she would do that. Like, it's a sacrifice, my guy. Like, what would you... <laughs> down for it 
Yeah, she's like, no, I, yes. I want to do it. Chicklet is very gung-ho in this movie. It does not matter what it's about. She's very much down for it. Yeah, she is down for literally anything. Yeah. And so they have her up on this altar kind of thing with, like, flowers. And, like, you know, it's very um, – I don't know what they're going to do to her because they don't really get that far. Um, but she's on this, like, kind of, like, platform kind of thing. And they're carrying her through the party – and she, you know, Anne comes out. And she's like, "I'm a goddess," and tells Riley that she'll cut his balls off. <laughs> like, and he's like, "What the fuck is this? Like, where the fuck did she come from?" <laughs> and uh, Chicklet's mom and Monica like crash the party. Starcat with his three semesters of college uh, offers to put. As Chicklet under hypnosis to get to the root of the trauma, like <laughs> like a nineteen sixties white boy version of Ilana Van Zant. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god. I, I'm so tired. Like I, it's such a big like thing now, like to talk about like trauma and like healing, and that's important. But I see it so much. Like I can every time I hear the words like healing and trauma and that kind of thing, I think of Ilana Iyanla, and I'm like. I, I don't know, man. I can't. I can't take it seriously. I'm gonna start laughing. Oh my god! <laughs> because she, if you ever watched her show, I I love her show. Honestly, <laughs> my favorite episode is when she was trying to fix the one young lady's life who basically was stolen at birth, <laughs> and uh, that little girl was ready to fight her like. She ended up leaving the set because she was like, I'll hit this old bitch. I'll fuck her up. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. I, I You're taking this? And they ended up, like, abandoning that episode. I kind of wanted to see if she would fight her, honestly. Which is the one with the girl where she, um, she's like, you let a penis destroy your friendship? <laughs> like, a penis! <laughs> I don't remember what episode. She just kept but saying, I always see that. Oh, yeah. Like, Oprah, you really let unleash this hellion and sometimes onto the world like this. Oh, my God. So, oh, my God. Oh. But, yeah, so. so we're on Star Cat. It's my life. Yeah, it's either hypnosis or, or uh, Monica says it's, like, between hypnosis or a lobotomy. And I was like, oh, that. <laughs> That escalated quickly because you do not come back from the bottomies. And what we find out from Chicklet when she goes um, under hypnosis, she has some repressed memories. So one thing we learn is that her mom was like pleasing sailors while her father was gone. And she wore a red wig and called herself Ann Bowman. And she mm-hmm. shooed her two children away. So yeah, it's she has two. a boy, I mean, a Chicklet, her daughter, and then there was a boy named Frankie. And so when their mom was like, you know, y'all gotta go because I got the sailor here, they go outside to do like swinging. And uh, Frankie wants to go around the world. So basically, when you swing over the bar, and apparently he flew off the swing and died. Yeah, he and, flew the fuck off. That shit. <laughs> and since Chicklet didn't remember what happened, the mom didn't do anything to help her cope with that trauma. 
And so Starcat had to fix it later. Yeah, she just basically lets it kind of get buried deep in inside and they kind of don't talk. Well, she doesn't talk about it and Chickley don't remember. So there's not really much to talk about except for your daughter is blocking out or sorry, blacking out and uh, maybe killing people. <laughs> yes. And from there, the Monica kind of assumes that uh, Aunt Zelda is the murderer. So mm-hmm. they try to arrest her and she's fighting and everything. And she like wraps her leg around like a tiki statue. And they're like, you can't take me. You can't take me. And she's like, <laughs> and then they put her in the car and that kind of ruins the whole orgy. So um, Lars is there mm-hmm, and yeah. is really upset. And so he offers to drive her home. And they're driving home and Lars is like explaining like, yeah, everything is going to be okay. You'll be fine. And Chicklet is like, bruh, I don't really want to talk about that right now. And then something happens. Like Lars is like talking to her. Like you probably won't even remember what's going on. You, you won't remember any of this. And how does Lars reveal his actual identity? Like the kid, I think, I think he is, he, I don't remember the family's name, but he was a part of the family that was murdered. And uh, it turns out he was the kid that killed everybody, (laughs) which I guess they didn't realize at first. He killed them because they were different. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Yeah, which is, I think one was uh, deaf, one was blind, and I think another one was, like, a little person. Like, his sisters were little people. Siblings were little people. And from there, like, things get a little wild. So, Chicklet basically opens a car door and, like, rolls out while the car is still going. And she Mm -hmm. runs to the drive-thru, I mean, the drive-in. And mm-hmm. Lars is right behind her. And he drops his like fake Swedish accent and is like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. And so they have like a mini chase through like the, um, the drive through. And it somehow ends with them climbing up to the like um, marquee, the marquee where like all the films are like, you're showing mm-hmm. what's playing. And he, he kind of does like that like villain thing where he tells like his actual like goal and all that stuff. Oh yeah. The monologue, the villain monologue that buys them time. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, "Mm, this is dry. So I didn't really like pay attention to what he was saying. Um, Yeah. I was like, okay, what else? I think he was just like talking about how he killed everybody. Cause he was like, we were a family of freaks. And I was like, I mean, I guess like, it's not really a good excuse at all. No, it's not. <laughs> and so it's kind of like a really random excuse. It was like, I was people were people making fun of you. I don't, I don't get it. Or was he was just like feeling like very like ashamed for like, I get, I don't know. But that we found out that's why he did it. And I guess, I guess for the times it works because like you know people kind of look back at. Like the 50, I guess this would have happened like in the 50s, technically. So, like, people usually look back at this time as like being very like white picket fence and very um, like clean cut and straight laced and that kind of thing. So, I guess if like a villain was like, uh, we're not like all these other people, like the whole like 
you know, leave it to Beaver-esque kind of families, then that would be a thing. But also a big thing about this movie is like all these people have really weird dark sides or at least uh, like unexpressed or like repressed uh, issues within like their personalities. So like no one in this like movie is like perfect. Even the mom, like she's got all kinds of shit and she's probably the most like, I guess, outwardly well put together out of all of them, but, like... Yeah, she's wow. Yeah, like, they all have some shit going on, you know, like, Kanaka's into BDSM, which is not a bad thing, but, you know, you're not really expecting him to, like, <laughs> to, for him to, you know, rip off his shirt and have a corset on. Uh, I mean, Patina's, <laughs> Patina's, you know, I mean, she's kind of, I think she's kind of got her life straight, but she's not happy with, like, how her career's going. Uh, Marvel Ann might be a repressed lesbian we don't know the boys have like you know their repressed homosexuality so there's everybody has like you know underlying things no one is like what they seem so for him to like murder his whole family like i mean yeah yeah (laughs) um so what like they get into a tussle like of course and um chiclet ends up stabbing him in the back Oh, no, this is before they climb up. But she ends up, like, pushing him off the marquee, and he died. Mm-hmm. And this was hilarious. Yeah, she gets like, shot. I thought this was funny. So, like, she's, like, still shaking up, but she climbs down. And after a certain point, the um, ladder up to the marquee stops. So she just kind of, like, falls, and Starcat is down there to catch her. So Yeah, just happens to be there. He's like, whoop, I got you. And so they kind of become a couple and um captain monica who shot um lars um she comes down and she lets go and then kahoot like kanaka is there and he catches her and they end up like with basically they're happily ever after um so the movie kind of like wraps up with um Everybody being in like a couple and going on about their life, and then you see like Scooby Doo shit. <laughs> like you see, um, Chicklet wake up, and it turns out she is in like a mental health, like a, a an asylum, and like mm-hmm. some of the surfer dudes or the are the orderlies there. And she wakes up like, I just had the most wonderful dream. And you were there and you were there. And they take her into a room so she could get electroshock therapy. And it's being administered by Rhonda. And she's like, yeah, you were in my dream too. And so they give her the juice and she gets electrocuted. And Mm -hmm. then you pull out again and it's at a drive-in. And I was like, oh my God, it was all a dream? And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I got so irritated by that. It, it, I was like, like, wait, this is like something from Scooby-Doo, and I'm pissed. Like, I was annoyed, like, oh, my, oh, really? We're doing this? Really? Mm-hmm. And so the guy, like, the audience member is like, yeah, it, it was, um, it was a dream the whole time. And then Florence or Chicklet is in the back, like, no, it isn't. And she stabs him. And then, boom, <laughs> Psycho Beach Party. And then the credits, you get the girl dancing again to the go-go music. Yes. And then that's, that's, how, that's there you have it. <laughs> that's it. It's, it's yeah. Fun. 
So that uh, that movie, it yeah. Yes. <laughs> I guess we should say if we give recommendations and uh, <sighs> I feel like okay, I would recommend this if you are able to travel in time back to two thousand and be like a thirteen year old and think that it was the greatest movie ever made and it was so smart and funny. That's the only way I would recommend it, honestly. Uh Like, it's... It is very, like... It's not good. (laughs) It is kind of, like, I think think there's, there's things that they kind of bring up that are kind of interesting um, in the way of, like, like I was mentioning earlier, like how people sort of think of like these early, um, like early 60s, late 50s sort of era of time as being very like straight laced and very, um, yeah, and very like, you know, there was no such thing as, you know, this kind of thing or like, you know, everybody was very like prim and proper put together and nobody was like, there's not like, like everything's very G rated. I think that's how people see that point period of time. But, like, in reality, like, no period of time has ever been, like, G-rated. Like, never. <laughs> things that happen, never, ever, ever. Like, you can put as many, like, sort of, you know, Susie Homemaker images out there as you want to. And, but there's still, like, things that happened in history <laughs> that happened during these times that were awful. Yeah. So it is, it is interesting to like note that part, but like, I, I think it's just kind of like a really like, like overly silly movie, like to the point where I'm like, I don't really like most of this. <laughs> and I know like the reviews for the movie, like they weren't really positive, but I usually don't pay attention to the reviews, but I was like looking um, just for like research and stuff, but like they, there weren't really like good. Uh, there were some positive reviews, but like a lot of people were like, you know, the stage play is kind of better. And, and I think maybe if they had done the movie with Florence and drag, maybe it would have been like a little funnier, at least more sort of like ironic. Yeah. Um, especially like some of her lines and stuff. But I think like in general, which kind of sucks because it's written by the same person, but like some things just don't translate, you know? Yeah. It, I feel like it just, it wasn't sharp enough for, like, its point, like, its purpose and Mm -hmm. what it was, um, like, making fun of. It just was, it needed an extra oomph. It just needed to be turned up a little bit more. Um, And it also fell victim to, like, watching, it's kind of difficult to watch anything from, like, I would say like 2003 like in to like the 80s because there are jokes there yeah. that in the light of 2018 they're not funny. Um like yeah. a lot of this like you got some transphobic jokes in there which mm-hmm. didn't help. The movie is not really a funny joke at all. It's just like okay, so this is what we're supposed to be laughing at. And it, yeah, there's not really like anything like none of the jokes really like serve like a greater purpose. 
Like, there's some that were kind of funny that were like, when when Florence was like, a girl can be anything these days. She can even be an executive secretary. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, because it's kind of like, oh, poor Florence. Like, that's nice. <laughs> In the 50s, like. Yeah, because it's so like, oh, yeah, reach for the stars, but like be a, sec- be a secretary. So that's kind of funny. But like a lot of the jokes in it are kind of just, I don't know. And I don't even know if I could like recommend like a movie that, you know, from like a similar genre of like beach party. Like I probably not want to watch another one because they'd just be so corny. And Have you, you ever watched one before? Like a beach party movie? Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah, me neither. Like <laughs> nothing about that like appeals to me at all. So, I don't never. I don't think I would know. Like it wouldn't be my first thing to go for. And then it would also just be like I feel like movies from like certain like years are just like very corny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some very corny like John cuz like just from like the number of movies they put out and they were like super low budget and stuff. Like I I'm pretty sure that it was just kind of like catching on to, like, the trend of, like, surf culture and how that's becoming very popular without it being, you know, like, legitimate or trying to, like, actually, like, make a good movie. They're just, like, you could just tell kind of, like, it's just, I'm just trying to make money off this craze. It's kind of like the hula hoop. Like, let's just make everything with the hula hoop and stuff. So I don't know if I would, I don't recommend this, but like there's tons of like spoof movies out there. Like we all know like scary movie oh, no. and any number of those no. kinds of things. You don't recommend scary movie? I, I've only seen it once and I don't no. really like, I don't like spoof no. movies to be honest. I like them, but oh God, like scary movie has a what's up as a joke. God, I forgot that existed. I was thinking about that the other day, like randomly. And I was like, can you believe that was like a thing for like, <laughs> like a couple years? Like people used to yeah, from that fucking commercial. Yes. <laughs> like- <laughs> so honestly, I wouldn't recommend a scary movie. But honestly, if anything, you should go like watch some um, John Waters movies like Hairspray or um, yeah. Serial Mom. Like it does it better like it's still kind of like edgy dark comedy you know spoofing a lot of things but it's just better but i think he's also like you know he's a lot more sincere in his love of the characters i think like he doesn't feel like he's like poking fun like they're just are like eccentric characters even though like then there's you know some of them are more off the wall than others like my the one john Waters movie that i've always like liked a ton was um was crybaby even though you know it started as very problematic johnny, oh, johnny depp yeah but i love that movie because it's it's very much like a grease or a sort of i want to be a bad girl i don't want to be a good girl it's kinda, so it is kind of i mean i think it's more of like um like less spoofy more i don't know john waters movies are hard to like put into like a description for me but they just feel more fun and less like kind of hokey. He I guess. does it well. Like a little, he does. Yeah, they're like smarter. I guess is the word I'm looking for. They're just smarter movies. Yeah. But they're still kind of ridiculous. Very. <laughs> they're ridiculous characters, but smarter movies. Yeah. Like Hatchet Face. Oh, Hatchet Face. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> when she popped out through the screen in the movie theater in the jail and all the prisoners ran away and started oh. screaming. <laughs> she was like, what? <laughs> but her boyfriend loved her just as she was or her fucked up eye makeup and shit. Yeah, a beautiful eyes. soul, Ashley. He's like, you're great just as you are. And I'm like, aw, true love. <laughs> So watch like Crybaby or Serial Bomb. That's what we're recommending this week. And yeah. that kind of like wraps up our discussion on Psycho Beach Party. Um, I guess, do we have like any announcements or anything? I guess we should talk about the movie we're doing next. <laughs> you can do your thing now. Yes. I know you've been waiting. We're watching Spring Break. Oh, God. Honestly. Uh, she's been waiting. I just, like, so just prepare yourself because next week I'm going to say Sprang Break forever, like a million times. Like, <laughs> oh, I love, she's been I waiting, love just Sprang Break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real person, honestly. I actually don't remember most of that movie aside from that part. Like, like I remember very, <laughs> is that, isn't somebody else in that movie like Gucci? Is Gucci Mane in that movie? Uh, yeah, Gucci Mane is in that movie. Yeah, so that's the only two parts I remember, and the fact that it's set um in my birth town of St. Petersburg, Florida. <laughs> so once I found that out, I was like, oh, geez, here we go. So <laughs> I remember not liking this movie that much and not really knowing what the fuck was I watching. I didn't watch, I didn't like it either. So at least we know this, we know that we're going into it not like, but it can it. surprise us maybe that we like let it chill like simmer for a bit when we go back to visit it maybe it'll be better i doubt it, it but be. it's a possibility <laughs> I, doubt it. I mean i kind of doubt it too like i don't really i don't know why i mean people really like that movie and i know like the biggest thing i know about spring breakers is like it was like the big thing um, with the uh, company A24, which I loved, like, most of the movies that they make, but, like, that was, like, their first, like, movie that put them, like, on the map, which is so random because it's such a, it's such a gamble of, a, like, a movie to, you know, be, like, your first big release, and I think a lot of people, it had a lot of attention because, like, Selena Gomez is in it and James Franco, obviously, this is, like, when James Franco was, like, in college, taking like fifty fucking hours <laughs> and and acting and doing all this other shit at the same time, so he had a lot of problems. He's very weird on the internet. Yeah, very weird on the it internet. Is about the same time we found out he likes sixteen year old girls too. He, I think so. He was doing weird stuff. This is when we realized that there is another Franco that's more superior, and his name yeah, is Dave. Yeah, little Davy. Unless Davis does something too. And in that case, I give up. I fucking give up. <laughs> but uh, I think I think it's, it'll be interesting to see it. Yeah. I don't know if we'll like it. I think now, you know what that Spring Breakers kind of reminds me of now is, is Claws. <laughs> oh my God. The movie on t- or the show on TV. Yes, oh my gosh. Dash. I feel like it's because of, uh, what's his name? Roller. 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 Yeah, Roller, aka. They all look like fucking Rick Ra- Riff Raff. <laughs> How can a man who looks so weird have such an influence over the white boy aesthetic? I'll never know. But he, he, his influence has reached far and wide. 
<laughs> with the the dirt bag with white Frank. boy aesthetic. Where they look like they smell yes, Frank. Right. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay get it out now so I'm, okay i'm done for the night like no more spraying bright until next week well next time but like be sure to subscribe to our podcast and if you're inclined just leave us a review or rate us um you can visit us online at um blackgirlfilmclub.com or on Twitter, where black we um, don't have that a in there, um, and you can email us at uh, blackgirlfilmclub at gmail You have to be bothered with us next time. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Wow. <laughs>